For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Here we are at the game to see whether or not Washington is, in fact, the bell of the ball. And I wanted to bring up Jeffrey's comment here. Hey, don't worry that you're late, Jeffrey. You are here. Make sure you hit that like button for us if you haven't already. Or uh, make sure you subscribe as well. Washington is one of several openings. There were two more openings today, Stoner, that may have an impact as far as whether or not Washington is the best landing spot, both Tennessee and the Seattle Seahawks, who have had playoff success in recent years, Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden looking for a head coach. So Mm -hmm. why don't we start with the GM first? Because there are several teams that are looking for GMs. And I uh, Washington is one of them. Uh, Tennessee is just looking for a head coach. Seattle's just looking for a head coach. The Chargers are looking for a GM. And the Raiders are looking for a GM. And the Panthers are looking for a GM. Yep. So which of those spots does the commanders, where do we stand as far as the the best spot for a GM to come to. All right. Remind me again. So we got chargers, Carolina. Yeah, I have to write it down. Cause I didn't do this before the show. That's yep. my fault. Chargers, uh, chargers Carolina, Carolina. Vegas. And us. I think it was just those four. Wait, so give them to me again. Vegas, chargers? Yeah, Vegas, chargers, Carolina, Carolina and the commanders. Those that's, that's it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the other two are Tennessee and Seattle. Those are all the, those are coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, look, you say what you want about Bryce Young. He had a he had a terrible mm-hmm. year, uh, but he was still the number one overall pick for a reason, and he was a Heisman Trophy winner. I don't think he's going to be a bust, but that Carolina organization is what Washington used to be. They've got a crazy owner. He's unhinged. He's, they've gone through like six coaches in four years. Uh, I don't think Carolina is the best situation. They're kind of the laughing stock. They're the ones that are going to have to overpay for talent. They're going to have to overpay for coaches. They're going to have to overpay for GMs because nobody's going to want to go there. Uh, Vegas, I think, is a pretty good deal, although they are not. They don't have their quarterback either. They've got mm-hmm. Jimmy G and Aiden McConnell, right? I mean, it's always going to be really about your quarterback and who the owner is that you're going to work for. So Vegas, and I mean, they don't have a their situation figured out the chargers of course are are very intriguing because of justin herbert period Mm -hmm. you can say what you want about justin herbert a lot of people think he's overrated because he's never won anything in the four years he's been out there but look he's a quarterback and i think in the right situation he's going to thrive so we'll see and then of course washington we all know a little bit deeper in what Mm -hmm. washington has available of course because we're so close to it we know about the depends on what day you look at at the uh, at salary cap, eighty to a hundred million dollars of salary cap space. Um, you know all the draft picks that you talked about: five in the top one hundred, six in the top one hundred three. I think it is now. Something yes, like one hundred three. 
yeah, six picks in the first 103. Um, you've got a brand new owner. You've got a situation where everybody's getting excited about what's going on in Washington. You have an owner, a competent owner who seems to uh, know what he's doing. So of those four situations for GM anyway, I think this is the number one spot in the NFL. That's my opinion. And I don't know enough about those others, but just looking from the outside, I think, I think you're, this is the number one spot. Yeah. So locked on law here with something I think that's important to note, right? We have an ownership change here in Washington and Josh Harris is big pimping. All right. This man is showboating. He's got the power move brings he's bringing candidates down to his $32 million pad mm-hmm. in Florida, which by the way, I've looked through the pictures and my goodness, <laughs> is that a spot? Okay. Sure. Now maybe it's not a yacht that Dan Snyder used to use. There's a dollar for me in the jar. Um, but I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive to be able to do that and kind of bring over. I think the other thing oh, yeah. that we have going for us here is this, the, Josh Harris is a smart individual and he could make this decision on his own, but he's put together an advisory group of Mm. people who are smart. We talk all the time stoner about how, you know, you and I might be somewhat smart on football, but these guys who are in the NFL are much smarter than we are. And so even though Josh Harris is the owner of another two other teams, he knows well enough that, hey, he needs to bring in people who know how to run the operations. Now, one of those is obviously interesting as Myers is bringing NBA, you know, that kind of NBA talent, though he does have ties to one of the GMs that people are looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have Spielman who brings in the NFL experience and being like, hey, this is what you need as far as the talent that we you need to bring in and what you should be looking for. And I think that's an excellent decision and a nice change of pace here for Washington that mm. we don't have to, we, we, we have an attractive owner to work for. If you look at Carolina, they've got to be bottom of the barrel strictly because they have an owner who is caught on camera throwing drinks at fans. Sure. And right? he's firing people all the time. He's firing people 11 games after hiring somebody. I mean, I will give him this when you know, it's not the right fit. It's not the right fit. It's better than it's it's better to pull chocks, but maybe the right fit is drafting Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. And so we won't guess again to Carolina thing, but I would say Carolina is probably lowest on there largely because of the fact that their ownership situation is very volatile. Yeah. What's happening there. Chargers is interesting because Chargers do have they've had a reasonable defense over the past few years. They have a young QB, the most important position in football, and they have that locked up. Um, Vegas, like you said, they have, I think, one of the better defenses. They got Max Crosby, but they, they're they not really sure what's going on. Is Jimmy G going to be the answer there for mm-hmm. the Raiders uh, going forward or what is happening there? But then you have Washington, and there's a couple people who had mentioned Washington's situation. So, uh, Shout out to Grant Paulson, who had tweeted out something earlier that made me want to go look for it. And that was the PFF uh, rankings for the resources available to a GM. Now, I know what everyone is already thinking right now. Mm -hmm. It's PFF. We can throw it right out the window. 
Uh, but I did want to talk about it because there's some Good. several interesting things that come into play here. Draft capital, the cap space, and then proratable money is another one of the things that they can do, meaning who can you restructure and how can you, you know, levy things up to make sure that there's even more money available to you. And Washington ranks at the top of this list. They have the most cap space. They have, as you mentioned, six draft picks in the first 103 picks in this upcoming draft. And they can still prorate 12% of their uh, of their cap space. So they ended up at the top of the list. Bears were second. Cardinals were third. And looking down the list for the GMs, the Raiders are still within the top 10. Mm -hmm. But that's... That's it. For the Chargers, they're middle of the pack. For the Carolina Panthers, because they they don't have a first. They were the worst team in football. Should be picking number one overall, but they don't have it. They're near the bottom of these rankings. And I think I missed one, right? No, Chargers, Panthers, us, and the uh, Raiders. So I did mention all those for a head GM. Washington is in a good spot. They do still need to figure out who the QB is. But at the number two pick, you might be able to answer that. Yeah. Yeah. You you hope that they're going to be able to answer it. Or you expect them to be able to answer that after this year. Uh, Nathan, I might have to disconnect here in a second. I, I'm not getting the best reception, so I'm going to plug in. So if I disconnect, I'll be right back. All right. Well, we'll let Stoner take care of that. I'm going to work with some of these comments that you uh, have given me. Gus, with this one. Uh, Chargers got old. They missed their window. They need to open a new one for Herbert. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. They did have some quality younger players, and I do think that they were trying to go on the same path as you had Patrick Mahomes and other young QBs where you win during their window of that first um, first contract, right? That rookie contract. They weren't able to do that. Uh, locked on law. Vegas doesn't keep Pierce dumb. They have competition. Tennessee did reach out to talk to Pierce. Now, is that for actual reasons or is that because they just want to make sure the Raiders do Raiders type thing and jump <laughs> in on top of a, a coach that they might not want to? Uh, NCR. Uh, it's a good thing I'm not drinking. Yeah, actually, I went out to dinner with the family today. Uh, and I was supposed to have a beer there, but the waitress never put it in. And so I did not end up getting a beer oh, right, before, right before the show. Uh, Kim, we have 26 players not under contract. Yeah, yeah there's a lot to do for Washington. And sure. I think that's one of the things that we get very excited about this cap number. And there's great reasons to be very excited because you you have your eye on that that uh ferrari out there right and you're like oh we got we got this bonus coming this christmas bonus we got this uh our income tax is coming for those who might get income tax and you start spending it already well what's going to end up happening is washington's cap space is going to get eaten up by players that they need to resign to keep them here Even and also very mid or yeah. less than mid casey two is going to cost you more than you think you're yeah. going to look at Casey Tuhill's contract and go, we're paying this guy $10 million. Yeah. You just Why went from uh, 80 million 
uh, this year now down to 70 million this year. And all you did was sign a, a uh, veteran backup defensive end. So, yeah, so that's going to happen that you're right. That's going to get eaten up, but still it's a lot of room to get eaten up. And, and you also have some contracts of guys that can save you money in the long run that are under contract Mm -hmm. that if you go ahead and cut them and, and those are your veteran type players. Like I believe Charles Leno has got another year left. I believe Logan Thomas has another year left. I'm not hundred percent sure on those, but there's a couple of guys if like they that. have another year of contract. Yes. If you're saying that they have another year left on the team no, it's least, a contract. Yeah. 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 I was, I was about to say, yes, they do. They do. They are under contract for Washington yeah. and Logan Thomas is absolutely on the cut watch list. I, I would be absolutely probably mortified is the word, but I mean, <laughs> I would be very surprised if Logan Thomas makes it to the final 53. He will probably end up being one of the post June one cuts uh, for Washington, just yeah. trying to save a little bit of space there as they try to get younger at the position. Now they have to do some things to help because Logan Thomas is still a decent player, but you probably can get the value somewhere else when it comes to Logan Thomas. Charles Leno is an interesting one. Mm. I think Charles Leno stays with the team and does not mm. become one of the cap casualties only because it matters. We don't have the answers yet, right? If they draft at number two or with one of their top uh, second, you know, second round picks, they get an offensive tackle that they want to put out at left tackle. Then yeah, mm-hmm. Charles Leno is going to see time on on his third team, but if mm-hmm. we don't address that position, then Log then we should see not Logan Thomas. We should see Charles Leno for one more year. But again, all that stuff's going to happen later. Right now, we're talking about the openings that are in the NFL and where does Washington stand? Are they the bell of the ball? It sounds like we're an agreement stoner. It sounds like we are thinking Washington has the best spot. The Chargers may compete with it largely because they have an answer at QB. And Carolina's dead last on the list. You might have an answer with Bryce Young. He didn't show it his rookie year, but a lot of rookies might be able to bounce back. You never know with that one with a new coach and everything. And then Vegas is kind of in this no man's land which is where we have some of those additional teams who are looking for head coaches. Tennessee and Seattle have had success over the last few years. Pete Carroll specifically has won a Super Bowl, but that roster aged and they've never been able to get back to that level of success. Russell Wilson was let go because of that. Talk about your scapegoats, right? Quarterback gets let go, although he was really bad in Denver. So maybe not quite a scapegoat as it was the realization Hey, this guy isn't going to get us there. Geno Smith has a resurgent year last year, brings Pete Carroll and the Seahawks back. But this year, they miss the playoffs. They don't look nearly as sharp. Now they have questions at QB. Did they overpay for Geno Smith, who is not the Geno Smith they had last season? What is going on with that defense? And is this a team that a uh, you know a head coach can take and start winning games with? And then Tennessee, that one was bizarre to me. I thought, I honestly, I thought Vrabel was going to say, I mean, Pete Carroll was the bigger surprise. I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Vrabel people, some people put on a warm seat 
But I really thought Tennessee likes what he brought, but I think the tail end of the season, he just ended up, the, the team faltered. And much like Ron Rivera, he never found the QB. He trusted Ryan Tannehill, at least mm-hmm. trusted him as far as to be the QB one. Didn't really trust him to take over a game. That's why you have a Derrick Henry. Or, um, or did they, did he, you know, design the offense because he had Derrick Henry and because he had Ryan Tannehill and he didn't want to depend on him. Sure. So he was kind of old school, play defense, run the ball, and you'll be successful until it comes playoff time when it's time for that quarterback to step up and he didn't have the quarterback who could step up. But yeah, that was very um that was very surprising to me the um that move of letting him go. But the Seattle move, I guess it's surprising just because Pete Carroll has made every uh has made his intentions known in the last few mm-hmm. weeks that he still wanted to be back and to just then all of a sudden say I mean okay, he made his intentions I thought fairly clear during this press conference that he was competing to stay yeah. as the head coach, which which says that he wanted to be the head coach. Yeah. But talking with ownership, I think they they literally said, "Hey, either you step down and take a higher position because he's supposed to stay with Seattle." Sure. So unlike Vrabel, who we can talk about in our favorite section during the cooldown, mm-hmm. Pete Carroll's going to be off limits because he should be staying with uh, the Seattle Seahawks, but. It definitely seemed like the ownership said either you take this higher position and step down from coaching, or we're just going to let you go. Yeah, yeah, that's and they, that's they let him go. The way the warning came out sounds like he wanted to be the head coach, and the ownership said we don't want you to be the head coach right now. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the ownership. We are spec. I am speculating a little bit here. He talked lovingly about his wife, and maybe his wife said, "Hey, you're gosh darn near eighty years old." You're not running for president, so you don't need to, you know, be so old. Your head coach, uh, very horrible joke there. But uh, the, <laughs> the, you know, you can step down, and maybe that's why, you know, we d- we don't know. But he did seem like he very much wanted to be the head coach. Hmm. He that that vacancy for head coach, I, I definitely think that it's. As someone said it up earlier, right? They are very mid. Seattle is mid. Tennessee is mid. Vegas is mid. Uh, the Chargers are mid. Washington, Carolina, though, not mid, just bad. Mm-hmm. Like, they were bad. Sure. I, I think that the head coaching situation, though, when you're looking at these rosters, Carolina and Washington, were really bad. And these rosters earned a first overall pick and a second overall pick in the upcoming draft. That being said, a new coach, a new offense can really start to turn things around. So even though these rosters were really poor right now and the teams themselves really bad, mm-hmm. is there enough for Washington to catapult one of these middling teams who maybe, you know, adjust here, new piece here, and they're back to competing for playoff spots? Mm, time will certainly tell on whether or not that's going to happen. But they they do have, it seems that they do have a lot in place to be able to make that leap, but I don't think it's going to be a quick leap. Like everybody's hoping that all of a sudden we're going to be the Houston, Texas Texans of 2024, where we're going to bring in a new coach, a new quarterback, new coordinators. And then all of a sudden we're going to go from two and 14 to 
oh, 10 and 7, I believe that they went, and win your division and go to the playoffs and be the, the bell of the ball, as, as you said a couple of times. But I don't think that's that's necessarily in place here because of what you talked about and what some people have talked about in here is you've got so many free agents. You don't have a whole lot of building pieces personnel-wise on this roster. When you when you talk about who you want to keep around uh, moving forward, there might be two or three guys on each side of the ball, and that's that's not something that you can just turn around in one year. You yeah. can get better. You can go from four and thirteen to eight, eight and nine in a year if you get you know some better pieces in here. But don't expect a four and thirteen to a twelve and five type. Houston situation. Texans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, but top the, of the draft pick to playoffs. You, but you again, they Washington, had. You can't do that with this roster. They had really good pieces all around mm-hmm. to begin with. They just, you know, I mean, they were winning games with Davis Mills for goodness' right, sake. Exactly. I mean, like you got to, you got to give credit where credit's due. They had a terrible year last year. Davis Mills, but they just did. Woke up and he's just like, what? I'm taking shots on some they random did, Washington. They did have there. a good roster already in place, yeah. and then they got the most important pieces, which was a head coach who can coach, a quarterback. That's obviously number one, and then you had coordinators, and then you had a uh, defensive end who was wreaking havoc as well. So yeah, so they they got some important pieces, but they had pieces. This team doesn't have a lot of pieces, Nathan. And, what are the import- pieces on offense and defense? The, the, you're not wrong. I do want it locked on law uh, as a good point as well. One of those pieces that Houston had is that they, they're in a horrible division. Jaguars in Indianapolis absolutely just crapped the bed. And we're not nearly as good as they were supposed to be coming in. And then who is it? Tennessee, again, was another team that just wasn't as good as they were supposed to be. Washington doesn't have that luxury. Washington has the Dallas Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Giants beat us twice this year. And twice last year. Yeah, well, they did get rid of Wink Martindale. So who knows where he might end up? He might want some revenge and come here to Washington. That'd be uh, absolutely something. The When you're talking about the players, there was something in the Ron Rivera section during the warm-up I wanted to bring up because, hmm. you know, we talked we talk a lot about Ron Rivera and how he's a leader of men and all this. Several of the younger players, okay, uh, we're talking the Jahan Dotsons, the Sam Cosme, and there was one more, and I'm trying to think of who it was, if someone remembers uh, after I say what, when you're talking about the key players, we like to point to a Terry McLaurin. We like to point to a Jonathan Allen, who are the captains, who are the leaders of this team. But when you were, when the reporters were doing exit interviews, Jahan Dotson, Sam Cosme, and at least one other talked about how people got comfortable with losing mm. and that we, that they need players to kind of step up and take you know, charge and say, this is not acceptable. Okay. This is not acceptable, which mm-hmm. is interesting to hear because we, the culture with Ron Rivera was supposed to change. And of course the losing never stopped. And you have Jonathan Allen, a very vocal member who, you know, I like, and all of a sudden we have some dissension in the locker room. It seems where the players are like, Hey, we need new people to come in here and new people, players, 
to kind of set the tone that they're going to win. How much does that factor in? You're talking about the roster itself, but the one a head coach, a potential head coach hears that from some of the younger players, some of the players that they know they're going to want to keep like a Jahan Dotson and, and a Sam Cosme. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out who that last one was. Hmm. Not B-Rob? It wasn't B-Rob? It wasn't B-Rob. I, I, I don't remember uh, either. But yeah, I mean, look, the, the whole thing about losing being okay for some of these guys, I mean, that that's not okay. And that's why we stressed on this show for forever towards the end of the year that you don't want to build, you don't want to let that losing culture creep into the locker room and into the organization. And so you shouldn't try to lose in order to um, in order to get better draft picks or whatever it is that you're trying to lose for better draft position or get Ron fired or whatever it may be. That culture of losing, man, that that will stick around for a while if you got guys who are who don't have a problem with losing. Yeah. And and I don't think it's going to be like you said. I don't think it's a Terry McLaurin. I don't think it's a John Allen. Those guys aren't okay with losing. They come from winning programs in college, and and they come from. They Jonathan Allen lost more games this year than he lost in his four years at Alabama. It, it just doesn't happen that often, and he's not used to it, and he doesn't accept that. So, yeah, you don't want that stuff creeping in here. Yeah, uh, Van Guardian TV and Grumpy Old Vet, absolutely. Well, Thank you. That's the one I forgot, and I, I probably forgot it, Stoner, because it didn't fit my narrative of the young guys <laughs> right. who are asking for new leadership because, of course, Charles Leno, one of the seasoned vets, for this team, but they all did bring up the fact that the players, they need one the players to step up and stop mm. being okay with losing. Sure. And hopefully a new head coach can kind of instill that in this team. So let's go through. There's six teams, Washington and the GM side for the four teams was number one. I think so. Okay. So here we go with the head coaching. Where yeah. do they rank? Now that's that's totally different, right? That's a that's a whole Very different uh, set of parameters on what is the best situation. And you've got a situation where a couple of these teams, Tennessee and Seattle, were both teams that were on the verge of uh, being in the playoffs. Maybe a game, possibly two games, out of the playoffs. So those are teams that already have pretty darn good rosters. And you know what else they have? even though they haven't been great teams in the last five years, they do have that culture of winning. And they have shown, especially in Tennessee, that when you've got a guy, you've got a coach, mm -hmm. very, very well-respected coach, players love playing for him, took them to uh, an AFC championship game, and they said, still not good enough. That's a culture of winning and saying, we expect winning at all times here that is a good situation now do they have their quarterback of the future we don't know is will levis the guy we certainly know the other guy they drafted who'd they draft uh malik willis or did they have malik willis yeah yeah so the year you know, before in the third round yeah yeah so you got will levis there and then of course Tannehill's still there i think he still might even be on a contract next year but whatever you have to decide that seattle is very interesting they have a great fan base. They have a culture of winning. 
Pete Carroll's been there for 15 plus years. He's, He's staying with the team too. Two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl. Um, but they're kind of like everybody else in this list. They're not sure what their quarterback situation is. Geno Smith's not the answer, although they gave him fair fair amount of money. Um, who's the backup dunk? The Drew Locke. He's not the guy. Um, so everybody on this basically, you're not sure about their quarterback uh, unless you're what you're the LA Chargers and you got Justin Herbert. That to me is the number one spot because you don't have to figure out the quarterback position. You can have all the critiques you want about Justin Herbert and whether or not he's a uh, a franchise quarterback. They believe it. Most people around the league believe it. They've given him a ton of money. He's your guy, and you got to build around him. But everybody else is just like, I don't know what our quarterback situation is. Even in Carolina with Bryce Young, he was the number one overall pick, but he didn't show it this year. So is he their guy? So I would probably put number one, I would put the Chargers. I would probably put Tennessee as number two because you've got some great pieces. I think Will Levis is probably going to be the guy there. And then maybe after that, I, I might put Washington. Although... Seattle, Nathan, I mean, Seattle is such a culture there all for 15 plus years under Pete Carroll that a head coach is going to step right in there and they're not going to start from rock bottom. Right. I don't know. What was mm-hmm. their record this year? I don't know where they, uh, they, they did nine? just miss the, the playoffs. They, I think out of I mean, all of the, make- out of the teams, they were the, the out, of, out of these teams, they're the only ones who just missed uh, the playoffs as the Seattle Seahawks finished eighth at nine and eight. So uh, finished nine and eight. Yeah. Nine and eight. Yeah. So Tennessee finished six and 11. They were nowhere, nowhere close. Eight, nine right. for the Raiders, but that was, they were eliminated before the well, final week. Well, what was interesting about Tennessee at the end of the year, the final game of the year, right? When they had, they were uh, five and 11. They had nothing going for them. They're playing Jacksonville, who Jacksonville's trying to get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? And then what did they do? They went out there and they fought their tails off for their coach and for their team and for their brothers next to them. And they got a win that meant absolutely nothing, probably dropped them four or five spots in the in the draft lottery because they yeah. believe in winning. They only believe and in yeah, only fans care about the, the draft spot. Uh, JG yeah. asking an important question. Like, what are what are we ranking? Desirable destinations, and and that is what we're kind of looking at. Is Washington the most attractive spot for a head coach to go to? Is you know we can talk about we're not Miami. You're not going to have the beach, and mm-hmm. you're not going to have like the you know warmer weather throughout all the season. That doesn't mean anything to me. But that that that's low on the list, right? We're talking about the team makeup. Is this team ready to turn around? And someone had mentioned with the uh, Chargers, grumpy old vets here, uh, you have to win quick. I mean, they fired Anthony Lynn, who I'd say most people thought was a pretty decent coach and who was just on the cusp. And then you have Staley, who had kind of a back-to-back couple of years where they're fighting for the playoffs and just not winning enough. And I think you're right with the, the Chargers being number one based off of having the QB and being in yeah. a position. But that's a scary thing for a coach to go into knowing that they've got to turn around. But when you're a head coach, you are full of yourself, okay? You're going to be the guy who's going to say, you know, I can fix this. 
I, I, I can turn this around. You have the QB, you have a, the a defensive end, you have a team I can work with to that good line, push into man. the future. Yeah. So uh, Chargers are probably number one. Yeah. In that I definitely agree with agree with you there. I think Tennessee and Seattle are very different in that it'll be interesting to see where what they do in the QB situation. Will Levis may or may not be the guy. I think whoever goes in there in Tennessee is going to stick with Will Levis for the season. And then if that if he proves not to be the guy, get their guy the second season, which you see a lot. We we did the whole thing about whether or not play uh coaches go with their guy or a guy that they inherited. And most coaches go with the guy that they pick. Mm-hmm. And so Will Levis, guy. yeah, Will Levis might not be the next person's guy. Sure. So they're gonna go out and get their guy yep. and they'll ride or die with that one. Washington, you know, when you see, we talked about the GM it being attractive because you have all these pieces and moving parts that you can be successful. And so I think there is an expectation here in Washington that that might be attractive because if you, if you paired with a GM that you like, because the GM goes out and hires you uh, and you're like, you know, this is a guy who I trust to make the right personnel decisions, who is going to listen to me with those personnel decisions, but they have the final say, Mm -hmm. I think you could turn that around. I mean, that's true of any of these positions, but Washington, I'm mentioning because Washington does have these high draft picks and you can bounce back in a hurry if you hit on those. Hmm. You have to hit on them. That is going to be the tricky part when Mm -hmm. it comes to that. I think Seattle... Someone had also mentioned how the owner is kind of a in a in a weird space. Uh, hmm. They're also in charge of the Blazers, and that's kind of going downhill. Hmm. And if they're the ones, the owner is the one who asked Pete Carroll to kind of step down from coaching. That's a situation to kind of follow. Gus was bringing up, by the way, you know, it's tempting to follow coaches that were so bad. You know, Ron Rivera and uh, Staley. But I, I'm hesitant to mention that because I'm sure most people would have said that for Ron Rivera. You're following Jay Gruden in the mess that he had. Mm. My God, that you've got it easy. That, that's the what bar, I think too. The bar is a low is low is it's a low so bar. low. That's well, right. I don't know that Ron Rivera would necessarily pass that bar. If he did, he tripped over it. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. So I I think that I would rank the Chargers because the QB situation. I think Vegas is probably one or two pieces away and might rank them higher mm. than Washington. Mm. Seattle with Pete Carroll still there kind of assisting along. I mean, I'm not sure what is he going to be. Is he a personnel guy? Where is he going to be in that organization? So I just don't trust that one. Tennessee looks primed to blow things up and then try to build around Will Levis. So I'm not sure I trust that. And Carolina's rock bottom no one is gonna tepper is the new snyder sure you're gonna have to pay Absolutely. good money to go there yeah you can might you might be able to fix the team you're not fixing that owner there so i think it goes chargers i'd go vegas washington seattle tennessee carolina wow you've got washington as the third most desirable football wise uh destination out of the six, I have them at. I guess it's not that much. There's I, only six, so you can't really unless have, one of us ranks them at one and the other at six. You're not going to. I have them at four. I I have Carolina. I actually have Vegas below them. 
But uh, you could probably make the argument that Vegas is above them. I might have them at five, six. And if that's the case, Nathan, think about that for a second of what you're saying is that Washington is going to have the fourth, third, fourth, or fifth best selection of coaches. I mean, that's that's not how it works. I'm just not, saying yeah, not quite, yeah. that if it were you and I making that decision, then Washington is going to get the, their fourth choice or their fifth choice. Mm-hmm. And, and there may be other jobs that come open still as well. New England might come open. That's if New England. I'll say this. If New England gets open, I will put a dollar on it right now. Vrabel is their head coach. Yeah, probably. But there's also, uh, you know, maybe the New York Giants position becomes open. If Philadelphia comes out and gets blown out this week in their in their uh, game, their first game this weekend, they might fire Sirianni. And there are other coaches that are actually in the playoffs that might get let go because the expectation is you have to get a lot further in the playoffs. Firing Serrano would be bizarre. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. Nathan. I, you're, you're not they wrong. I actually heard it, you know, actually I heard it from my son. Really? That's who I heard it from. He what? said he was talking to his friend who's a Philadelphia Eagles fan and that the uh, coaches are on the, uh, the chopping block. And I looked Absolutely. at my son and I was just like, no way, Gavin, that's not possible. They're just in the Super Bowl. They they're in the playoffs. It's not going to happen. And I they get were home. Ten and one, Nathan. Yeah, and they I get it. Yeah, what? Eleven, ten and ten and six or yeah. whatever. Ten, not good. Eleven and five. Eleven and six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was funny that I found out from my my ten year old who won't sit and watch games with me, but apparently knows enough about <laughs> football. It was uh, it was certainly crazy. Yeah. So I have Washington at third. Uh, just behind the Chargers in Vegas. And I mean, it's close with Vegas. And it's also close with Seattle. You know, it's, um, a couple people would were talking about how, you know, Seattle is a QB away. Maybe they are. I mean, they, Geno Smith, if he ever gets back to what he was the season before, maybe that's a more, much more successful team. He was injured. You saw Drew Locke. Drew Locke won a football game and it was in tears yeah, afterwards. So happy. I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't necessarily agree with this Gus Bus, uh, who's saying for our audio listeners that he would take Serrani. He would not be on my favorite list, but I will tell you who's on my favorite list as we go into the cool down. Get yours ready. Stoner's got a whole lot of writing on that piece of paper there. We'll be talking about our favorites here in the cool down. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 